Today, the second commandment of psychopharmacology, avoid abrupt cessation of psych meds. Welcome to the Carlyle Psychiatry Podcast, keeping psychiatry honest since 2003. I'm Chris Aiken, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlyle Psychiatry Report. And I'm Kelly Newsom, a psychiatric NP and a dedicated reader of every issue. In this series of Ten Commandments, we're going to talk about a lot of meds and med combos to avoid. But what if your patient is already on those? There you have to weigh the risks. How dangerous is it to stay on the med, tapering slowly? And how dangerous is it to risk withdrawal, stopping it abruptly? Most of the time, we're going to favor tapering slowly. But there are times when abrupt cessation is the answer. Like when serious medical issues are at stake, such as a Lamotrigine rash or liver toxicity on Depakote. Or when your patient has only been on the medication for a brief time, like no more than one to three months, and they're having uncomfortable side effects that make you need to stop it. Or when the drug has a long half-life, so you can safely stop it without worrying about withdrawal problems. We're going to get to those drugs at the end. When we think about withdrawal on psych meds, or discontinuation syndrome, to use the more watered-down term that the pharmaceutical industry prefers, two meds come immediately to mind. Benzos and serotonergic reuptake inhibitors like SSRIs and SNRIs. These are the ones that cause the most discomfort for patients, and in the case of benzos, it can be dangerous. Seizures. All psych meds have some withdrawal syndromes, even metazapine and tricyclics, but in most cases, it's mild or rare. When you're concerned about withdrawal, the best approach is to lower the dose faster at first and then by slower and smaller increments as you reach the lower ranges. This is more art than science. Start by lowering every two to four weeks and extend that interval if withdrawal is difficult. If a patient is abusing benzos, there's a risk they will take the taper all at once or use it with alcohol or opioids. In those cases, consider hospitalization. Have trusted family dispense the pills or use an anticonvulsant like pregabalin or gabapentin, along with a few doses of a long-acting benzo like diazepam. So benzos and serotonergic antidepressants are definitely ones we want to watch for withdrawal problems on. And... Lately, I'm tempted to add antipsychotics to that list. There's some evidence that in some patients, the dopamine system accommodates to the dopamine blockade by becoming hypersensitive to dopamine. Then, when the dopamine-blocking antipsychotic is yanked away, their hypersensitive dopamine receptors overreact to any dopamine that's in the nerve terminal. That's the pathophysiology behind dopamine hypersensitivity. And here's what it looks like clinically. The patient has a sudden relapse of psychosis or sometimes new psychotic symptoms in a person who has never had psychosis before. This dopamine hypersensitivity theory also explains withdrawal dyskinesias. That's where neuromuscular side effects like tardive dyskinesia can paradoxically worsen when you stop an antipsychotic suddenly. 
Besides abrupt withdrawal, there's another area where you might want to look out for this dopamine hypersensitivity. I've heard it happen where you switch a patient from a strong dopamine blocker like risperidone to a weaker one like a partial agonist like aripiprazole or Bilify. Sometimes people report sudden worsening of psychosis if they switch too quickly from one to the other. But even if your patient is not at risk for withdrawal symptoms on antipsychotics, stopping meds abruptly still puts them at a greater risk of relapse. We don't have a lot of research on stopping meds, but what is out there tells us this. You need to allow at least two weeks to taper off most medications, stopping any faster, and you double the risk of relapse into whatever disorder they came in with, panic disorder, depression, anxiety disorders, psychosis. One exception is if they've only been on that med briefly, like one to three months, then you can safely stop abruptly. With longer treatment durations, higher doses, and more vulnerable patients, you're going to need to do a slower taper. Wait, I have one more med where a slower taper is beneficial. Lithium. If you stop lithium abruptly, your patient may have rebound depression. The suicide risk also goes up with abrupt cessation, in part because lithium has anti-suicide properties, but also because of a poorly understood withdrawal phenomenon in the first few weeks after stopping it. The textbook advice is to lower lithium off over at least a month. We like to go even slower, over three to nine months, depending on the patient. It takes five half-lives for a drug to fully clear from the patient's system. And most psych meds have a half-life around 24 hours, which means that it's going to take five days for it to get out. But there are a few medications that you need to know, which have long half-lives. These are the ones where you might be able to get away with stopping the drug faster. Here are the most common long half-life drugs. Antidepressants, Vortioxetine, Trintelix, three days. Fluoxetine, Prozac, that one has a half-life of one to four days, but it has an active metabolite, norfluoxetine, which lasts seven to 10 days. And there's one tricyclic antidepressant with a long half-life, protriptyline, lasting two to eight days. All the other tricyclics are about a day. Atypical antipsychotics. Cariprazine, Vralar, two to four days. Active metabolites, up to three weeks. Aripiprazole, Abilify, three days. Rexpiprazole, Rexalti, four days. Four days. So that means four times five, it's going to take about 20 days for Rexpiprazole to fully clear from the patient's system. And one more where the long half-life can make a big difference is disulfiram antabuse. This anti-alcohol drug has a half-life of two to three days, which means that most patients have to wait at least two weeks after stopping it before they can safely drink alcohol again. And that's a good thing. It provides a buffer, some time for the patient to reflect before they go back to drinking. 
Join us next time where we learn how to avoid lithium toxicity in our third Psychopharm commandment. Until then, catch us on Thursdays for a new edition of the podcast stream, Throwback Thursdays. We're dusting off our old episodes, updating the content, and adding CME credits. Give yourself some CME credit for listening to this episode through the link on the show notes.